And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, April the 5th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On April 5th, 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were sentenced to death following their conviction in New York on charges of conspiring to commit espionage for the Soviet Union. Today in 1614, Indian Chief Powhatan's daughter Pocahontas she married Englishman John Rolfe. He was a widower. They got married in the Virginia colony. Today in 1621, the Mayflower sailed from Plymouth Colony in present-day Massachusetts. It headed back home to England. It took a month, the return trip. Today in 1887, teacher Anne Sullivan achieved a breakthrough as her six-year-old deaf-blind pupil, Helen Keller, learned the meaning of the word water as it was spelled out in the manual alphabet. Today, in 1976, billionaire Howard Hughes died in Houston. He was 70 years old. He was kind of a weirdo, you may remember. Anyway, today in 1986, two American servicemen and a Turkish woman were killed in the bombing at a West Berlin uh, nightclub, an incident that prompted a U.S. air raid on Libya more than a week later. Today in 1987, Fox Broadcasting Company, The News, made its primetime TV debut by airing the situation comedy Married with Children, followed by the Tracy Ullman Show, then repeated both premiere episodes two more times the same evening. This was not the news channel. It was the other Fox Broadcasting. Today in 2008, actor Charlton Heston Big screen hero, Moses, etc. He would uh, later in life lead the National Rifle Association. He died in Beverly Hills, California. He was 84 years old. I actually met Charlton Heston, spent some time with him, just a little time during a day or two. Uh, he was involved in something we were involved in, and, and uh, he's really a nice guy. I mean, he was not presumptuous at all. Um, he didn't act like Moses, but he kind of sounded like him, at least in the movie, but really a nice guy. I was impressed by him. Ten years ago today, a federal judge in New York ordered the Food and Drug Administration to lift age restrictions on the sale of emergency contraception, ending a requirement that buyers show proof they were 17 or older if they wanted to buy it without a prescription. We'll be talking a little bit more about that this morning. But boy, the the Trump train of news continues around the world today. Every major country and every major media source is talking about it today. But even the Trump opponents seem to be very unimpressed. They were hoping for more. They didn't get it. They're saying so. They're saying it out loud. In fact, John Bolton, he's the former National Security Advisor, he ended up really... <laughs> I don't know if he hated Trump, but he really didn't like him, and he really went after him. In fact, he wrote a book trying to undermine Trump after he had served in his administration. But he's a longtime critic of uh, Donald Trump. But he said yesterday, he said the case that they're making against him is very thin, and uh, he said it just it, it doesn't rise to falsifying business records. He said, I think it'll just be dismissed. He was not pleased with that. He took no joy in it, but that's what he said. He said, quote, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. He told uh, CNN uh, 
Anderson Cooper and some other panelists that were on there with them. He said, quote, I think this is even weaker than I feared. It would be, uh, and I think it's easily subject to being dismissed or a quick acquittal for Trump. This is an enemy of Trump saying this, and a lawyer. The National Review wrote a scathing article, to say the least, and they're widely read. They said, quote, ask why he didn't mention the other alleged crime in the indictment as his post-arraignment press conference. Bragg said the law wasn't, doesn't require its being specified in the indictment. He said even if he must know, that's absurd. The purpose of an indictment is to put the accused on notice of what crimes he's committed and this other crime, quote-unquote, that Trump allegedly concealed his misdemeanor records violations is essential to the case. The indictment fails its most basic function by failing to specify it. That's kind of what's going on around the world and across our nation. I mean, people, even people that, that really don't like Trump, they support Biden or someone else like Biden uh, for president. But they're saying this is a horrible, horrible case. Um, people that support Trump, of course, are saying much more than that. Interesting, Franklin Graham has has not said anything for a while. In the last couple of days, he's really spoken up, one about a different issue, but then about this issue. And uh, he denounced again <laughs> last night on his um, social media he <laughs> the blatant political part, uh, partisanship behind New York's indictment of former President Donald Trump. Those are his words. He said, quote, Franklin Graham, he said, under our nation's constitution, you and I are innocent of a crime unless and until we're proven guilty. He has 10 million Facebook followers. They're all reading him. I'm just one of them. But he speaks to a lot of people. He said, this fundamental right applies to every American, from the immigrant who comes becomes a newly naturalized citizen to those who have served in the highest office of the land. And our process of justice is intended to operate independent of partisan political calculation. He's true. He's being criticized, of course, for saying that by the left. They always criticize whomever they disagree with. And sometimes they try to take them out so they can't be a voice of influence. But in his post, Franklin says when he went on to denounce the evident political part, uh, partisanship behind Trump's recent indictment in New York, and um, he said, partisan political calculation, he said, appears to be precisely the motivation behind the indictment of former President Donald Trump in the Manhattan uh, courtroom. He said, it's saddening to see what left-wing politicians are doing to our country. It is. And I've been writing some notes to myself about what left-wing politicians are doing to our country. And I'll be talking about that in the next few days. He also insisted, <laughs> this part Franklin always says when given a microphone. Graham also said, insisted in his um, Facebook to his post to his 10 million followers and, and more, I'm sure. He said, judge of all the earth. Almighty God will do what is just and that before him. Each and every one of us is a sinner deserving death. That's why this is the moment to make sure that when the judge examines your life, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins. Amen.
Interestingly, back in 2016, Franklin was initially withheld his endorsement from any candidate in the presidential election. And it came down to Hillary Clinton and and, uh, Donald Trump. So he got on board with Donald Trump. And a lot of people criticized him. Of course, he, he gets criticized by the left regularly and um, and other activist groups but um, he finally got on board with he said I how do you as a Christian how do you vote for someone like Hillary Clinton I know this inflames the left but it's true how do you vote for someone like Hillary Clinton or our current president Biden who will take the policies that are destructive that are absolutely in absolute contradiction to God's laws and God's principles, how do you cast a vote for them with a clear heart before God? You say, well, Donald Trump is a sinner. Yeah, he sure is. He's failed on almost every front, morally, it looks like. But God can forgive. And you elect a president on their heart when you can't know their heart. God knows their heart. That's what Franklin is saying. In December of 2016, he famously asserted, and again, he was criticized, but I I remember this well. He said said it is the hand of God rather than Russian hackers that determine the outcome of the presidential election. Franklin said, and I'm quoting him, I went back and looked at this. He said, I think maybe God has allowed Donald Trump to win this election to protect this nation. This this was 2016. For the next few years, by giving maybe an opportunity to get some good judges on the Supreme Court. Well, he did. He did put some good judges on there, three of them. There's already a couple on there. Beyond mere human factors... Franklin Graham says, the mysterious hand of divine providence was at work in the elections. Then he, then he said this. He said, quote, all I know is that Donald Trump was supposed to lose the election, according to the polls. Sometimes God doesn't respond to the polls or the whims of mankind. And sometimes God's ways are higher than our ways. In fact, all the time. And sometimes we refuse to understand or try to understand what God may be doing in a country. I found it very interesting, particularly because of my history in some of these countries, particularly in Central America, Latin America, South Pacific, Africa. Spent a lot of time there building churches, helping start churches, preaching out on the fields and the street corners and I mean it, it, it's an amazing story I wish I could adequately tell it it's just amazing I sometimes look back in memory at some of those days when I was doing that I, I can't believe somebody didn't shoot me but I mean they got so angry they I had coconuts thrown at me in the South Pacific while I was preaching I mean they're heavy when they're green when they come they're heavy anyway in the grocery store but they're heavier when they come off the tree because they're green and and they're full of water, and, and when they throw them at you, it's like a little bomb. I never did get hit with one, but I've stepped out of the way when I was preaching. And to a crowd, you know, outside, and we were starting a church, and there were people there from the States with me building a church, and I was preaching, and 
people were accepting Christ, and we were saying, this is your church right over here. And it was amazing. And there were people that hated that. I mean, they really didn't like me, and they didn't like the message and so on. So I've been in these countries a lot. I've been in Central America a lot. So it caught my attention when the president of El Salvador, this Nea Bukele, he, uh, he told the press last night, he, he said uh, after the arraignment of Trump, he said, uh, the United States' ability, I'm quoting him, this is from a, man, it, it, I mean, I guess it's a third world. Maybe it's a developing country now. I spent a lot of time in El Salvador and in San Salvador, the capital city. I mean, it's run by gangs. Uh, it's awful there. I mean, it, it's hard to survive. Really, it is. And so this president, he said, this Bukele, he said, the United States has lost their ability to pressure other countries to improve their own democracies. He said, that is gone. Because America has lost its democracy. And then he said, the U.S. has no moral authority anymore. That's pretty telling, coming particularly from nations like that, that are overrun with crime, with gangs, literally running some of the cities and the villages and so on. It's amazing. We just, and talk about losing moral authority, we're finding it on every front, not just in the legal process where it relates to someone that people in this country hate and want to dispose of however they can do it, but we find it even at home and we find it regarding other moral issues. Senate Republicans in Washington State are trying to pass a bill, Senate Bill 5536. They're trying to pass the bill that's being blocked by Democrats who don't want to make drugs illegal again. Despite all the evidence of the damage, and boy, I mean, we, we hear fentanyl, people are dying. We're trying to put put these, uh, these uh, counter drugs in all the different places where they can take them when they do an overdose. I mean, we're living almost like animals in some places in America today. It's assumed that everybody's going to overdose at some point, so we got we have to have these devices so we can resuscitate them. And, and then Democrats stand in Washington State, and this is not just unique to Washington State, but they're standing in opposition, in opposition to an effort to get rid of some of the drug trafficking and the drug use in the state. It's hard to believe, but it's true. And speaking of losing moral authority, I want to talk to you a little bit today about Governor Inslee's war on life. And if you don't live in Washington State, believe me, this applies to you because there is a national consensus on the left that abortion at any cost is the highest virtue. And that would cause God himself to shake his head at his creation. Washington State has purchased a three-year supply of a a popular abortion drug before it could be banned. Governor Jay Inslee announced that yesterday. He apparently wants to be sure no unwanted unborn child escapes the womb 
alive. Inslee ordered the Corrections Department to order 30,000 doses of mifeprestone through its pharmacy license because they are licensed to do so. And he told them to do so ahead of an expected ruling by a Texas judge to outlaw the drug. And I think the Texas judge probably will. The people in Texas think he will. So Inslee's right on that, but he's wrong morally. He's so wrong. This Texas lawsuit is clear, the governor said, and is a clear and present danger to patients and providers all across the country. Washington will not sit by idly and risk the devastating consequences of inaction. Well, Mr. Governor, what about the what about the devastating consequences of your actions? Inslee said, we are not afraid to take action to protect our rights. Washington is a pro-choice state, and no Texas judge will order us otherwise. It was an unprecedented action for a governor to take. Ordering the corrections, the corrections division of the state to order these abortion pills in mass because a, a judge in Texas might rule against them and they won't be able to buy them and they won't be able to keep killing unwanted babies in Washington. He wants that to be the hallmark of his virtue. This isn't personal with me. I don't know Jay Inslee. I might have met him. I don't know. But this is a moral issue and all of us should be offended. And if you're not, you need to search your heart. Governor Inslee announced yesterday that Washington State is taking these this unprecedented action to purchase a three-year supply. He says, he said it's been used, mifeprestone has been used as an abortion medication and used safely for more than two decades. That's a lie. I'm sure he knows that. There are those who say that's true. There are many more who say it is not true, including the CDC, whom they hold up. They hold up as the gospel, the commandments written in stone. CDC says that it has considerable risk. I thought they followed the science. Not so much. It depends on what the science says. That's, what the, that's where progressivism takes a person. There are no fixed values. Well, I believe that what the CDC is reporting, wear a mask, stay home, close your church, blah, blah, blah. Oh, well, CDC is saying that this this abortion drug is not safe. Well, we don't believe that. It's all relative. It's relative virtue. It's relative beliefs. It's relative principles. Everything is changing. There are no fixed principles. They don't want any accountability, the progressive. C.S. Lewis and Better Minds Than Mine have written extensively on this kind of thing. In this escalating war on life, Inslee directed the State Department of Corrections to purchase the medication last month and um, <laughs> because they have the, the pharmacy license. The shipment was delivered just the other day, March 31st. Inslee is joined at a press conference yesterday by legislators who are introducing legislation authorizing the State Department of Corrections to distribute and sell the medication. Of course, 
Attorney General Bob Ferguson has got to be a part of the of the stage act here. He's helping lead a multi-state lawsuit aiming to protect access to the medication. This while he waits in the wings to become governor. This action, purchasing the medication in advance, now, quote, unquote, ensures it will remain available to providers and patients in Washington, regardless of the Texas ruling. Both Inslee and Ferguson assured the state yesterday. Senator Karen Kaiser and Representative Jessica Bateman, they're sponsoring the legislation that would authorize this Department of Corrections to distribute and sell the medication. They'll get it passed. The last year has made it clear that we cannot be complacent when it comes to reproductive health, Kaiser says. She told the press yesterday the legislature has taken a number of crucial steps this session to protect abortion rights. But those rights are meaningless without access to care. We cannot allow our extremist judge in Texas. Extremist judge means that he honors life. And he doesn't believe that babies should be killed because they're unwanted. He's an extremist. Well, I don't know. We cannot allow an extremist judge in Texas to deny Washingtonians access to this safe, effective medication. And that's why I'm sponsoring this bill. She said patients need access to this medication here in Washington state. Bateman chimed in, abortion is health care. This legislation is vitally important to protect your right to get the best care possible and the full range of medical options. These decisions should not be made by a judge in Texas, but by patients here in Washington. Medication abortions account for nearly 60% of the abortions in Washington state. 60% by the abortion pill. She said, thank you to Governor Inslee and Senator Kaiser for your, your uh, efforts. Protecting access to the abortion pill is critical. Ferguson agreed. Anti-choice activists and politicians are mobilizing quickly around this long-sought fall of Roe v. Wade. They're pushing through chilling and dangerous restrictions on abortion in state houses and courtrooms across the country. It isn't just in Washington state. But Washington state has aggressively responded with a suite of policies to protect abortion care and access. Several abortion and gender affirming, and now they're linking gender affirming with abortion. This kind of so-called health care bills are expected to pass this session. House Bill 1155. House Bill 1340, House Bill 1469, Senate Bill 5242. This is all in support of what I'm talking about this morning. Abortion care is health care. Washingtonians have said that loud and clear year after year, says Senator Manka Dingra, co-sponsor of the bill. And in order to deliver that care... Providers need to have the right tools, she says, including this medication, which is used in more than half of all abortions. Well, it is. It's, as I said, 60%. This legislation is urgently needed to ensure that Washingtonians and people seeking care in Washington, that would be tourist abortion, 
can get the safe, effective treatment they need. Mefepristone may be effective, but it's not safe. The chemical abortion regimen is a two-part process, and I don't want to get out of, I mean, gory here, but the first pill, the RU486, this mefepristone, causes the death of the unborn child by cutting off the hormone, the progesterone, which is required to sustain a pregnancy. The second pill, is the, the uh, chytoptic, causes contractions to empty the uterus. That's how these abortion pills work. So chemical abortions have a complication rate that is four times that of first trimester surgical abortions. I'm not advocating any abortion, but I'm saying... Life-threatening complications from chemical abortion include sepsis and ruptured ecoptic pregnancy. Other side effects are fever, pelvic uh, inflammatory disease, cramping, nausea. All of those are not uncommon with these pills. These pills are not just like taking an aspirin. In anticipation of where we are today, the Heritage Foundation, back in 2021, in December, the end of 2021, so just a year and a half ago or so, a little less than that, they published an in-depth article exposing the actual risks of the abortion drug. I don't have time, of course, to go through that today, but I included that in an article that I wrote on our website, faithandfreedom.us. And if you go to the website today, that's the first thing, you'll it'll come up and that'll that article will be there. And some of the things I've talked about are in the article, but there's also links to this. And I've linked the article. It's pretty in-depth. It's very lengthy, but I mean, fairly lengthy. You may want to read that, excuse me, because it goes into more detail about the harm of this drug and and what, what it's really all about. But to summarize what they say in this very lengthy article, and Heritage does their, their research, They say the chemical abortions have a complication rate four times that of first trimester surgical abortions. They say permanently weakening and removing existing safety restrictions could mean that women obtain abortion pills without ever seeing a provider in person. And they say chemical abortions subject women to serious health and safety risks and abandoning current FDA safety measures will endanger women even further. And then all of that is backed up with source and detail. So I would, inc- I would encourage you to read that if you can uh, today or as soon as possible. Washington is a pro-choice state and no Texas judge will order us otherwise, says Governor Inslee. Apparently, he feels the same toward God, the giver of life, the creator of life. Psalm 127, and I paraphrase, verses 3, three through 5 said, Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver full of them. God wants you to have children, not kill them in the womb. Jeremiah said, before I, I formed you in your mother's womb, I chose you. God knows who they are. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.